I'm here, Tom. Oh, uh, am I not on the air at this point, John? Yeah, you're on. Okay. Well, can we kill the music there? Uh, yeah, get rid of it now. Are we? Are, is the air signal okay now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not real sure exactly where we are in this because there seems to be a little bit of a technical difficulty there. But in any event, I am Tom Kearney, and it is 9.09 now. And we are, as I said earlier, here every night, Monday through Friday, from 9 till 10, with a little bit of live and in real-time radio. And tonight is going to be something I've thought about doing several times. Uh, and I've always wanted to do it, and I decided to uh, get myself in gear and do a little research, and, and I've enjoyed preparing for tonight's program. I enjoy preparing for most of them because I always learn something, even when it's a, uh, an anniversary and it's something near what we've done before. Uh, but uh, this is Memorial Day, and it is uh, uh, one of uh, America's national holidays, and so I thought we'd talk a little bit about the history of Memorial Day tonight. And uh, while we're talking, invite you... Uh, to not necessarily talk about the history of Memorial Day because you may or may not know it, but if you had a very very special Memorial Day or something that you wanted to say, if it's something you had a moving experience or a poignant experience or a really good experience, I'm not expecting you to have had a good time. That's not, that's not the, the purpose of Memorial Day. In fact, one of the headlines in the research I was doing said it is the most somber uh, and uh, uh, of, of, of America's holidays is one where the point is to memorialize those who have served the nation and passed away while doing it. That doesn't mean it, it, it isn't to memorialize living uh, active uh, military people, but the emphasis in Memorial Day is on those who have died and who have gone away, uh, who have been buried, and well, we will remember those who are living too and, and give them a salute. Uh, we can balance this out by pointing out that in November we have what we call Veterans Day. Now, it used to be called Armistice Day because it was adopted uh, as the, the end date of uh, the, the uh, fighting in World War One. And the emphasis there is intended, I think, to be the, turned around the exact opposite. And that is, it is a, a time when the ceremonies, whatever they are, and the thoughts and so on should be directed toward those veterans who are in the military, who are in the service, who are at that time alive and, and serving their country, not to not to uh, pass by those who have passed away in the service of the country. Remember them also, but the emphasis in, is in a different direction. And uh, so uh, that's something I learned today. I, I had never had seen that in print. And... Uh, and one, a lot of things you know, like holidays and other things, uh, you think you know everything that's behind it, and, and you often do not know the emphasis. And a lot of times you can learn what that is by looking at the history of a particular thing. So what we're going to do tonight is talk about uh, Memorial Day. And if you visited uh, your, your spouse or your grandfather's or someone in your family's a grave uh, or uh, did something else to memorialize them. I, that's what I asked you to do last Tuesday night when we were talking about the new exhibit at the North Carolina Museum of History. And maybe some people went there today. Normally the museum is closed on Monday, but it was open today because of Memorial Day. And they have an exhibit that covers North Carolinians' participation in the Spanish-American War, World War One, and World War II. And it's going to be, I think, a sort of a permanent uh, 
exhibit. It will, it will have a long run in any case, and it will be good if you could go, but it would be good to, to go on a day like today. I, I just believe on national holidays, uh, one needs to do something. I used to, in fact, I still do. I always read the Declaration of Independence on July the 4th. I may go out and do something else. I may listen to some patriotic music, uh, whatever. Uh, but I, I always try to, to do something to memorialize the day that we are talking about. And if you have had an experience today that you would like to share with us, uh, because we are, in fact, and I hope we remain a community. That's something I worry about these days because there's a lot of talk about bringing people together and how we must stand as one. But uh, there are an awful lot of people who uh, swim in a contrary direction from that. And so uh, I, I would like to believe that we're all one community and we can share the experiences that we have and share the, the feeling that we have for the good old USA. And so we're going to talk about Memorial Day tonight. The telephone number, if you decide you'd like to call us, and you will be welcome, is uh, 919, that's the area code, uh, 860-9783, 919-860-WPTF, if you have letters on your telephone, WPTF, if you calculate it, will work out to be 919-860-9783, 9783 is WPTF, our call letters. Again, so if I've confused it, 919-860-9783. And uh, uh, you can you can join us and tell us your version, uh, this particular 2021 version of Memorial Day. In the meantime, we're going to take a short break here, and you can queue up, get in line, as the, the Brits would say, queue up, uh, if you would like, and we would, we would welcome your voice tonight. And we'll talk about... Uh, the origins of Memorial Day in the United States and the, the ceremonies connected with it here on WPTF Radio. 919 at WPTF. And uh, John and I are sorry about the little uh, electronic glitch there at the beginning of the show, and he, he figured out what it was and then fixed it up. And, uh, so we were back, and he and I were having a discussion, and I, there's one point I'm going to cover. Uh, having to do with Memorial Day uh, out of out of order in which I've taken my notes. I want to do some history, so we need to go back to the to the period of about the time of the Civil War, or actually further back than that, and mention that the idea of, uh, uh, of decorating the graves of soldiers, uh, the noble who had died, goes all the way back to ancient Greece and times like that, and and so on. But uh, we will come back and apply it to the Civil War period in just a moment. But one of the things we were talking about was the question of when when uh, Memorial Day is observed. And the, the date that it was uh, supposed to be observed historically beginning in 1868 was on May 30th. Uh, John Logan, General John Logan, who was the uh, head of the GAR, the Grand Army of the Republic, and we'll talk a little bit later about what that was, had decided to ask for a national observance of uh, what he called Decoration Day, uh, observing those who had died in in the service of their country uh, on May 30th. And he picked May 30th supposedly because it was a day on which none of the major battles of the Civil War, which is the thing that had created so many dead soldiers. Uh, the Civil War is the, the one great war that has occurred on American soil where a large number of uh, Soldiers were killed. I, the, the numbers are between six and 
hundred thousand and seven hundred fifty thousand. I think six fifty or six seventy five thousand is probably about right. But that's a lot of graves, and uh, and uh, people uh, seem to want to uh, to commemorate those uh, beginning early or than than the end of the war. Now the, the Memorial Day installation comes after the end of the Civil War. But even during the war in the in the south of the United States, uh, widows and women and families were uh, where when they had uh, local graves. So many of those who were killed were killed, uh, as they used to say. I used to say in a church I went to in foreign fields, serving in foreign fields, were 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 killed at Gettysburg or somewhere in Tennessee or somewhere in Louisiana, and their bodies would never come home because they. This one of the things that happened during the, the Civil War was the, the the idea of embalming bodies sort of picked up, and there were uh, people who were in the, in the trade of embalming that went around the battlefields and and offered their services to embalm the bodies, and then they would be shipped somewhere. They could ship them; they would not deteriorate uh, in a pine pot case. Until then, in most wars. Soldiers were buried just about where they fell, and uh, if your if your if your boy died in uh, in South Georgia, that's where he would rest for the rest of his life. And in my hometown of Goldsboro, there is a one plot in the Goldsboro Cemetery that's dedicated to a Confederate soldier who died there, who was from Texas, and he had come this far in defense of what he was defending and was killed, and there was no way that he could go home, so he's buried there. And there's a Flag of Texas flying over his grave, uh, but uh, that was this was before, before the time uh, of uh, embalming bodies, so they could be shipped home. Sometimes uh, uh, people would go to battlefields. Uh, I read a story of a woman in North Carolina whose brother died at Louisa Courthouse, which is in Central Virginia, and she went to try to reclaim the body, and in fact did. It wasn't very far, and I think they they iced the body. Uh, I don't mean to be gross, but this is this is the way the world worked. Uh, a woman named Drew Gilpin Faust, F-A-U-S-T, who was uh, a distinguished Southern historian, wrote a book called American Suffering, Death and the Civil War, which I can commend to you. He published about 15 years ago, won the new Pulitzer Prize, and it's worth reading. Uh, it's about what I'm talking about now and where I found out the information that I have. Uh, but the bodies did not uh, get uh, to go home. So, but when when people were killed in a local area, perhaps in North Carolina or someplace like Bentonville, where locals may have been killed, or in Georgia and South Carolina or wherever, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, most of the battles of the Civil War there were fought, uh, and in fact were fought in the South. Uh, Gettysburg is is kind of unique in that it's not very far across the, the border, but it's across the border. It's in a non-slave state, and there were a few few skirmishes and things in in free states, but most of the battles were in southern states, and and the this is where the custom of uh, putting flowers on the graves had begun by way of decoration decoration day uh, before the Civil War had ended, and so there was there there was a uh, a little bit of history there, and uh, but. Uh, the thing that John and I were talking about to come back to my point that I wanted to make was that uh, there has been a continuing uh, discussion over the fact that 
in the late 60s when a law was passed making most federal holidays to be observed on a Monday so people would have a long holiday weekend. Uh, there's been an a, a, a effort on the part of veterans committees and things. Senator Daniel Anoye uh, from Hawaii, who became famous during the Watergate hearings, was the, uh, a leader of the group that wanted to keep Memorial Day as a separate day. It was to be on May 30th selected for the reason that John Logan selected it in General John Logan in 1868, a day on which no major battle had occurred, and it would be a nationwide observance, but the, the, the atmosphere was to be somber, and it was to be recognized as such, and it was it would not to be a, another day for travel or for, for uh, vacations or for sales or for whatever. It would be with the central point of remembrance. One can agree or disagree with that, and, and that... that that's what these people were fighting about, fighting about the right to have one's own opinion. But there there has been a discussion, and I'm, I guess, enlightening you if you did not know that it continues to be one. It was not made a formal holiday until about 1971, and it was included in those groups of, of uh, holidays like Martin Luther King Day is now and the President's Day, uh, which would be observed on a Monday near to the actual date. One day they haven't changed and celebrated near to it, I thank the Lord, is July the 4th. It's the 4th of July, still celebrated on the 4th of July. But in any event, that's one of the things that is a part of the history of Memorial Day, and that is indeed what we're talking about here tonight on the Tom Kearney Show. We ask you to enjoy us, and, and, and we ask you to join us, if you will, if you have something to say, uh, and... Uh, we would prefer concentrating on the positive tonight and uh, and to make the subject Memorial Day. And particularly if you had a particular, particularly, uh, I hate to use the word good, but appropriate celebration of Memorial Day. And uh, if you went to a place where there were a lot of flags, uh, I always go to the cemetery in Goldsboro. My father is buried there, and he was a sergeant during World War II, and, and they have a little... little uh, marker where the, the military personnel that there was says he was a staff sergeant and he served four and a half or five years. I think he was there for the what they called in those days the duration. He was in the military when the war started and he got to stay until it was over. Uh, and uh, but in any event, uh, uh, if you had something that had particular poignancy, uh, we were lucky uh, in my family, my immediate family, and that we didn't lose anybody during World War II, but uh, there were so many that did lose a lot of people, and if you observed it in some special way. And I thought today about my friend George Brody, who used to share this program with us on Friday night. Uh, he was our movie expert, and he was a child of a military, and he'd served in the, in the uh, in the Army, and I think he's buried in a military cemetery section in Raleigh. And uh, I thought about him today. And if nothing else, I thought about him and remembered him. I think about him a lot, as a matter of fact, about the, him in that connection. Because he came from a military family. He came to North Carolina because his father served at Seymour Johnson Air Force Base, and he stayed. Uh, in any event, we're talking tonight about Memorial Day. We've, I pointed out to you that there were efforts to decorate graves before uh, and memorialize those uh, who had died before the end of the war. And beginning uh, in about 20 years ago, an historian named David Blight discovered some materials at Harvard which indicated that there had been a, 
a observance of a memorial ceremony before the official creation of Memorial Day in 1868. In 1965, 1865 rather, in Charleston, South Carolina, where a number of a large number of enslaved persons created a ceremony uh, to uh, memorialize the Union troops that had uh, been uh, incarcerated in a prison camp there and those that had also died. And it's the first example of an African-American observance of Memorial Day, and it predates the official Declaration of Memorial Day in 1868. Something worthy of reading about. The man's name is David Blight, B-L-I-G-H-T. Blight with a B in front of it. He's a distinguished historian. In fact, he uh, spoke at the North Carolina Museum of History back in about five years ago, and most recently has won a Pulitzer Prize, but I recommend his study uh, about that service to you. Right now we're going to pause and take our half-hour break, find out what's going on in the world, and then we'll come back and talk about John Logan and the establishment of Memorial Day. It's 9.33 at WCBF Radio. I'm Tom Kearney, and for a long time I've been here, and uh, I hope I will continue being here uh, talking to you on the radio. Uh, We have programs that are entertaining and educational. Uh, we started doing some programs that I uh, call nostalgia. Uh, it's kind of an open-ended concept, but the idea is to have well, at least one night a week when we have open phones, and it's a floating night. Some nights it's Monday, some weeks it's Monday, some weeks it's another night. And I've always wanted to talk a little bit about the history of Memorial Day because it's always interesting to me where things come from and how they got to be that way. Uh, and so, so tonight is the night that that happens. Uh, Many years we've had a gentleman named Cy Harrington on, who was a historian, military historian at the Department of Archives and History, and helped to gather information on North Carolina participants in various wars. He was a retired colonel himself and uh, had gone to work there after he got out of the military. But this year I decided we, we would do this, and we would talk about the history of Memorial Day. Before we go back to that, let's do a little promoing and saying that tomorrow night, my brother Stephen, who is a frequent visitor to the show, will be on with us. And he started doing a, a, a program, a set of programs, uh, oh, it was about a month ago now. Uh, and it was designed to be a two-parter. And this is when part two comes along. We were doing a program on movies about baseball, baseball movies. And so... Uh, Tomorrow night we're going to talk about Bull Durham, among other things, and Field of Dreams, and Major League, maybe Bang the Drum Slowly. Uh, in any event, that's tomorrow night. Wednesday night uh, will be uh, a few days before uh, D-Day. D-Day would be next, the anniversary would be next uh, Sunday, the June 6th. It was June 6th in, in uh, 1944, and our historian of things military and the the appropriate person to talk about D-Day and its history. It will be with us that night, and Dr. Joe Cadell, who teaches history at uh, at uh, NC State and at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, will be our guest, as he has been for so many times uh, over the last few years, and he knows what he's talking about. The computer guys, Tim and Steve, Steve and Tim, from ByteWise will be here. We're going to talk about computers and computer news, things that are going on, maybe ransomware and hacking and things like that, but... Uh, that's on Thursday night, and Friday night will be Friday night trivia, as always. We would like to have a little fun at the end of the week. 
uh, not having fun to, tonight because that's not the idea of Memorial Day, as we were trying to make clear during the first part of the program. But it's a, it's a, a, a time to remember those who have paid the, the greatest price and died in the service of their country. And so on uh, the, uh, the decorating of uh, graves of those who had passed away had begun uh, early, earlier than the actual promulgation of uh, Decoration Day, as it was called for many years, uh, during the American Civil War because, well, a lot of people were getting killed. I think I told you that it adds up to be 650 to 675, 700,000. Uh, there are different ways uh, of counting it, and you get different figures, but it's mostly in that area. It's a lot. Uh, it was more than were killed in all the other wars uh, for a long time. I don't know if it still is, but it very well may be. And so a lot of graves were, were uh, necessary. A lot of people had passed away, and a lot needed to be memorialized or recognized. And, and one of the ways that, that people did it was to put flowers, either flower petals or, or, or bunches of flowers, uh, on the graves and so on. And but it had been a local activity. Some states had, uh, had uh, uh, particularly in the South, which is where most of the Civil War graves were located, not all. In fact, there were uh, a large number of graves uh, in, from Virginians and, and, and Federals who were killed, because both, I think, were buried at what is now Arlington National Cemetery. Of course, Arlington was the the estate of the Custis family, and, and Robert E. Lee had moved in, Custis being the, the name associated with the wife of President George Washington. And Robert E. Lee had married into that family, and that was known as the Custis Lee Mansion at that time. But during some of the fights around Washington, D.C., one of the Union generals had decided to plant a cemetery in the front yard of the of the. Uh, state with the idea being that it would would make it a place that nobody would want to live thereafter and, and that is really the beginning of what would become Arlington National Cemetery. This was back in, in during the Civil War and uh, the uh, gentleman we mentioned earlier uh, uh, who was the leader of the GAR got the idea of uh, calling for a national observance of uh, decoration, and uh, that would take place on the same day everywhere, because the other ones were eagerly pickily here and there, uh, and the different, uh, for instance, the different Confederate states observed the the uh, decoration days that they observed, and some of them I think still do on uh, not on a single day. Uh, I think some of the seceded states. Uh, observed uh, memorial, a Memorial Day on a date like the day this state seceded or uh, Jefferson Davis's birthday. One state, I think, observed Memorial Day on the day that Stonewall Jackson was killed and those kinds of things. Well, what uh, uh, the promulgation having to do with the National Memorial Day was intended to do was to make a, a national observance the GAR, by the way, stood for the Grand Army of the Republic, which was a, an organization of Union veterans, those who had served in the Federal Army. And it would become, over the years, particularly in the late 19th century, that is up until about 1900, 
a, a an important political lobby, particularly in supporting the activities of the Republican Party, who in turn supported pensions for veterans and, and things like that. So it was a it was a, a very political thing. It, it, I understand that it lasted, as a matter of fact, uh, until 1956, and it went out of business. In the, in the in the source that I had read, when the last member of the GAR, the last person qualified to to belong, died in in uh, 1956, and I know I can remember I was like 12 or 13 years old, and the last uh, Confederate soldier, the last person who actually served in the Confederate Army. I think it was a man who had been a drummer boy from Texas, and he lived until 1956. Must have been a long and interesting life. There, there were Confederate pensions and, and Union pensions paid for the Civil War up until not very long ago because some of these veterans who were in their 70s and 80s married uh, very young ladies. Uh, the, the object, I think, of the young ladies was to get the the value of the pension or because they loved the person or whatever. In any case, some of the, the widows survived long after the soldiers did. But the last Confederate soldier died. He, I can remember the pictures in Life magazine in 1956. That's an interesting story to look up. Uh, get your uh, Wikipedia out sometime and, and follow that story, and it will be a, uh, one that it will be worthwhile. And so uh, there was a promulgation uh, of uh, the need for a national Memorial Day, or a, I've got to quit saying that because it was not called Memorial Day then; it was called Decoration Day in 1868, and uh, it would remain. It would be called Memorial Day or Decoration Day until about the time of uh, World War One, and it was uh, uh, a day that was pointed at and a commemorating, uh, memorializing uh, the the deaths and uh, the decoration of the, their tombstones wherever possible. Uh, those who had served in just the Civil War, the American Civil War, uh, Union troops who served in the American Civil War. When World War One came along, it uh, it contributed a lot of uh, those who were, were dead, who were brought back to the United States, and what had been called uh, Decoration Day and was just for Union soldiers uh, became for more generally for American soldiers who had died in the service of their country. This is at the time of World War One. We're going to pause now and take a break. We will invite you again to join us uh, if you have a, a story to tell on this Memorial Day, and you may have one. You may have visited a grave of someone in your family or some person that uh, you wish to commemor commemorate. If you do, our number is 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. We're talking about the history of Memorial Day. 948, almost 949 at WPTF. We are commemorating on this radio program, live and in real time, the history of Memorial Day. And we've, I think, handed out some salient points about it. It, it was promulgated and called for by John Logan, who was a, a general in the Civil War. I don't think he was really dashing or anything, but he was from the state of Illinois, and he had served in 
in the Mexican-American War and before, somewhere in there, he had been a member of Congress from Illinois and would later become a representative and a senator. And in 1884, he was the vice presidential candidate on the Republican ticket with a presidential candidate named James G. Blaine, who was, uh, was from Maine. You can see it rhymes, and you can imagine the slogan. But uh, they did not win. That was one of the times that Grover Cleveland won. But he was a significant American, and he had, as I said, was one of the founders of the Grand Army of the Republic, which is those men who wanted to stick together and look out for each other, make sure they got their pensions and medical treatment and whatever they thought the government owed them, uh, which was appropriate, uh, became a political force, as I said, and and uh, were something that could be counted on to support the Republican tickets through the rest of uh, the, the 19th century, that is through 1900 and, and, and after that. But gradually, the uh, as the war receded in time, the significance, uh, well, the members were dying off, as a matter of fact. The Grand Army of the Republic, uh, the GAR, significance as a supporter of the Republican Party became less and less. And I think I pointed out to you that the GAR went out of business in 1956 when the last member the last eligible member passed away. It was not unlike something like uh, the American Legion, I think, uh, which came out, was founded coming out of World War One, And it was at about the time of World War One that the day that uh, is called Memorial Day now came to be called that because it memorialized not only the people who were soldiers who were killed, particularly during the Civil War, but in other actions, especially World War One. And it was in 1921 that the unknown soldier uh, was uh, uh, buried uh, at uh, Arlington National Cemetery and created. They found a soldier that no one knew who it was. I think there have been two or three more uh, installed there now to commemorate different wars. But the very first unknown soldier uh, who, whose gravesite is maintained 24 hours a day by the different services uh, another kind of memorialization right there in, in that uh, was done, first of all, in 1921, 100 years ago, as a matter of fact, of this date right now. And so this makes uh, this a particularly interesting year uh, in terms of celebrating the unknown, unknown, unknown soldier. And it was a, it's gradually there in the period between the wars what had been Decoration Day came to be called Memorial Day, and uh, they were, it was so celebrated and uh, and, uh, uh, and continued to be. And soldiers from other wars after that were added uh, to Arlington National Cemetery, which is one. I think there are something like 155 or something national cemeteries, military cemeteries, places where military people can be buried in the United States. In fact, um, uh, I'm trying to think of his name now. Uh, the the founder of the GAR uh, is buried in Washington D.C. As a matter of fact, but not in Arlington Cemetery. Arlington Cemetery, as a matter of fact, we should always remind you, is not in Washington. It's in Virginia, and is a thing unto itself. Arlington, Virginia, is uh, is a county, and is not incorporated. The town there's no incorporated town, or was not at the last time I checked, of Arlington, but it is in in Virginia and uh, across the river from from the, the nation's capital. And uh, uh, the, the figure we're concerned with is buried in the uh, military uh, cemetery in Washington, D.C. I'm trying
trying to think now there are at least, I know there are two presidents, and maybe this can be a, something where you can help me out and give me a call, 919-860-9783. I know there are at least two presidents who are buried in Arlington National Cemetery, and that is, uh, of course, John Kennedy and uh, William Howard Taft, I believe, is buried. I'll have to check that, too. Uh, so uh, uh, those uh, are the two. And there's only one president who is buried in, in the in confines of D.C., and that is Woodrow Wilson, who is buried, I think, in or in, or in the environs of the National Cathedral. But uh, soldiers tend to want to be buried perhaps in a military cemetery. Some of them do, and some of them, as was pointed out in one article I read today, want to be buried in, in the family cemetery back home. They want to go back where where they, in fact, came from and so on. But Memorial Day uh, has, uh, continues to be celebrated. I pointed out to you that it became official. It, it was, it's interesting. I can remember Memorial Day being celebrated when uh, I was a young person, which we're talking about here in, the, in, in, in say, the 1950s. Uh, but it did not become official until, uh, the late, I think, 1968, when the law was passed uh, making uh, the, the uh, cemetery, uh, I mean, the, the observance of Memorial Day consistent and that it would be uh, celebrated, Memorial Day would be celebrated, not on the day of May 30th, which is the day that was picked out back in 1868 and was the day on which it was celebrated most of the time up to then, but on the fourth Monday in the, the month of May. And today is the fourth Monday in the month of May, and this is the day on which Memorial Day was celebrated in the year 2021. So it's a little bit of the history of uh, a Memorial Day, and uh, it, the ceremonies are uh, a, a variety. There is uh, some discussion that goes back to something we were talking about earlier about where the first Memorial Day was held. Uh, the the enslaved population now not slaved anymore in Charleston, South Carolina, that observed a, uh, a celebration in uh, 1865, I think it was in May of 1865, right after the Civil War was over, at a parade in honor of the Union soldiers who had been kept there uh, in a Confederate prison camp until the war was over, and it was to commemorate these people that the black population that had been former slaves celebrated uh, what could be called a, a pre-memorial, prequel Memorial Day, and uh, in terms of celebrations of state uh, Memorial Days in different states, uh, a town in War named Waterloo in the state of New York, which is near Syracuse and, and Rochester, uh, has the claim and has been officially recognized by Congress uh, and the president as the place where the first Memorial Day was held. There is uh, continues to be some dispute about that as there continues to be dispute about whether the uh, Memorial Day should be held on the day of May 30th or on the last Monday in the state uh, and the date, uh, the month of May. Enough for tonight. Tomorrow night we're going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about Field of Dreams and uh, Bull Durham, Bang the Drum Slowly, and Major League and other baseball movies. And we hope you, we hope you'll join us then on WPTF.